Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama, and our co-host... I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison, and we are back on the couch. We talked about water the last two episodes and all the nitty gritty with that and what to do and the tools to help navigate the water in your home and how to navigate that. I'm going to use that word twice. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to na- navigate or agitate her right here. <laughs> So, Who even knows what she's saying? Raise your hand. Not me. You can, um, <laughs> what's the word? I don't While even know. While she thinks of her words, I will take over and say, we're going to continue down this non-toxic month. And yes, we talked a lot of all the things water, but what's as equally important as water is air. Air. Because, hey, we all need it. Living things. It's like Ava with her homeschool. The other day, it was, it was what does a living thing require? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Air, water, sunlight, food. <laughs> so sweet. So we're yep. going gonna to go in that order. And we are going to talk about air because air quality over time is just diminishing. Mm-hmm. There's more pollution. Cities are busier. There are just more chemical components that are making their way into our air that we then breathe in, you know, just slightly important. Um, and it's estimated that nine out of every 10 people breathe polluted air. What, what is the 10th person? Which is yucky. I feel like the 10th person what is are they on a mountaintop, like on a hundred acres of land where, with, where they have to get their groceries dropped off by plane. Or they're walking around with a can of oxygen, pure, hundred percent right. pure oxygen. Cause they're at that high altitude. Right. Because it just doesn't, yes, it's, it's just not realistic life anymore. And the other part of life currently is that we spend so much time indoors mm-hmm. that it's not just air pollutants on the outside, it's air pollutants on the inside and where we are sitting and working in, in our home or working mm-hmm. in our office or, you know, spending just so much time indoors that that air quality is just as important as the air we are breathing outside. Right. The difference here is we can't control the air we're breathing outside, right? Nope. Unless the world wants to put a whole world air purification system on. Someone smart come up with that. Um, I think God did. The original creator. Um, I think he had that kind of sorted out and then we kind of messed it up with all the you know chemicals that and is- toxins and because that's how water gets cleaned is it goes it's up into air. the clouds, makes yeah. the clouds dirty. Yeah. That's why they turn brown and black. And then when it's time to go for the wash, they get it rains and then they're white again. Wow. Because it gets all the dirt out of the clouds. That was probably the best answer that you've ever come up with. It's so true, though. It's so true. It's us. It's our human fault. It, it really is. Yeah. But it, it we spend about 90% of our time indoor. So we want to focus on indoor. We can't control outdoor 
as much as we would hope unless we all just agree to stop polluting the air. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some major air toxins. Um, do a little quiz, pop quiz. I, I just want you to think, like, what are some things that you think can impact our air? Go. Um, our carpets and paints and furniture and animals and husbands and kids <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, all, yeah, lots of things. Lots of things. Lots of things. So we want to break it down. There are two major types of air pollution, and one is ambient or outdoor air pollution, and the other is household or indoor air pollution. Um, and they both matter because even though, like I said, we can't control the outdoor air pollution, when we open our windows and ventilate our home, because that's common instruction for us to keep the our house ventilated in terms mm-hmm. of mold and all that. Okay, but what happens when you're bringing in really toxic air? Yeah. You know, so it goes both ways that that outdoor air impacts our indoor air. And then there's pollutants on the inside that impact our air as well. One type are are particles. Particles are just a mix of solid and liquid drops that arise from just combustion and like road traffic and fuel. And these can be things like heavy metals, um, lead, mercury, chromium, cadmium is all are all i mean just really really common um cars Mm -hmm. equipment you know diesel emissions there are so many particles that can enter our home from the outside and these particles are are super small and because they're really small they can deposit and be delivered into our bloodstream very easily because the particles are so small um, and so they, these particles can increase the risk of things like heart disease and stroke and asthma, bronchitis, other respiratory distress disorders, um, a lot of cardiac issues from respiratory mm-hmm. or cardiac issues from, from particles that kind of infiltrate our air, um, certain cancers for sure as well. And there have been a lot of studies that correlate higher exposure of these particles to decreased or a declined development of neuro- the neurological system or brain development. In that children. makes sense. So very important. Um, some of these common particles, if we go to break it down further, what are these things? Nitrogen dioxide is one of them. Nitrogen oxide is rapidly converted to nitrogen dioxide. And that's two oxides. That's two oxides. And it happens just by the sun. Like it's a nice. naturally occurring thing yeah. that, that will happen. Um, but it can when that does happen, when we have a high accumulation of nitrogen dioxide in our home, exacerbations of asthma are very common, bronchitis, heart disease, high risk of heart disease um, as well. So I have, a, I have a question because this is where my brain went. So I was about to drink out the wrong side of my cup. Oh my well, not, not successfully. <laughs> yes. We're fine over here. Okay. So nitrogen dioxide. How is that? Is Don't that ask ha- me technical no, no, questions. No, no. Is that – where is that in relation to nit- nitrous oxide that like you – like that that's in beets that makes your blood oxygen – Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. That's a great question. I didn't know if they were related. But did you also know that you can check your air quality on your phone on the weather app? So if oh, you have yeah. yeah, so you can see your outdoor air quality. And today where we're at, it's seventy one degree seventy one not degrees, because your air quality is seventy one. So like if 
you're in high pollu- right they'll tell yeah. you if it's like a high pollutant day or if it's a high allergen day right or uh what else is on there like flu is on there like i think so viruses are yep. on there too yeah so on if you're in an area that um it hasn't rained or there's a cold front or a warm front that has moved in that can kind of trap that air that may lead to a higher air pollution day but you can also in i know we'll get to talk about this too because we talk about um and it's a great question that we can talk to um tori about in another future episode because we have a lot to talk to her about already but you can have indoor air quality to tell you what your indoor quality is on a consistent basis and track that for your own homeostasis and there's actually air purifiers that do that yeah but you can have in your kitchen that you'll notice if you're like cooking and you even turn on the vent and your air purifier is off in the corner and it's turning red because it'll literally quantify the air quality for you and be like ooh, get these yuckies out i know we're going to talk about tools and how to do the things but back to our particles. Our particles of what we need to pay particles. attention to. What other particles? Sulfur dioxide is another one. And this comes from a lot of fuels that contain sulfur, but absolutely has implications with asthma, increasing susceptibility to other respiratory distress or disorders and infections, impacts the cardiovascular system. You'll see that trend a lot, respiratory and cardiovascular systems with oh. air quality, of course. Can see a little, be a little lightheaded or nauseous when you're yeah. in heavy traffic because mm-hmm. it's just everything, the exhaust of everything. It's why you don't park your car in front of your garage and turn your car on because that all that exhaust goes into your garage while you're packing the car and that kind of stuff. Exactly. So give yourself a little space. <laughs> a little space. Don't breathe it in. Don't huff it. Um, <laughs> black carbon. Black carbon is another one um, that comes from burning fuel. Populations that are exposed to black carbon over time have higher risk of things like heart attacks, stroke, hypertension, or high blood pressure, asthma, COPD, bronchitis, various. Did I just envision that? It, ha- it hasn't, it but ha- we're okay. Okay. I think we're okay. I'm seeing things, y'all. Um, carbon monoxide is another one. I think most, a lot of people are familiar with carbon monoxide, mm-hmm. but it's it can lead to it's a leading cause of poisoning deaths, um, and it's a leading cause of non-fire deaths, but can be attributed to cooking equipment. Um, headaches are common, dizziness, weakness, nausea, vomiting, chest pain, fatigue, confusion, all mm-hmm. very common with carbon monoxide poisoning. In most fire alarms, fire detector uh, smoke detectors have a carbon yes dioxide. Carbon monoxide and monoxide is uno, uno, one, yes. one. <laughs> um, another big one, of course, is smoke. Whether it's environmental and tobacco smoke or secondhand smoke, um, smoke, secondhand smoke. I want you to listen, or buddy, secondhand smoke. So if you are not a smoker, but you have a smoker in the house, or somebody else is smoking. That secondhand smoke that you are breathing in is a group A carcinogen. So you do not need to be the one smoking for you to accumulate the negative effects of that smoke to the point of which it can cause cancer. Okay. No smoking in the house, y'all. No, just no smoking. I'm surprised that many people still smoke. smoke. I know. I am too. I I say this all the time. I'm like, oh, smoking's still a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like after all this. Um, but it it can also, besides causing cancer, 
asthma, you know, respiratory issues, eyes, nose, throat issues, ear infections. It's much higher. If kids are around second out and smoke, recurrent ear infections are much more common. Um, recurrent respiratory illnesses, lung yeah. cancer. You're going to say something. Well, and if you are have experienced secondhand smoke and you get away from it and it's not in your everyday, your lungs can heal. It takes yes. seven years. I don't know the or number. something. It's a it's a long it is a long time if you're not the one that is actively smoking. And I think like to if we break that down, it's like okay, what's causing like that smoke is a carcinogen. What's a carcinogen? A carcinogen is something that breaks apart our cells or oxidizes our cells. So if you focus, if you get out of that environment and you focus on healing those cells or recovering those cells, absolutely. I don't see why yeah. it wouldn't be sooner than seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Restoration is possible. Anywho, um, there, there's a laundry list of things with secondhand smoke that I don't necessarily think we need to go into, but it, it just remove yourself from that environment. Yeah. If you work in a restaurant or a bar or... I mean, there's all of those things that it may not be something that you can are. control. Yeah. So yeah. if you have to have a job and that's where your job is and, you know, that's. Try to protect yourself as yeah. best as you can. Um, VOCs or volatile organic compounds are something that we'll talk a lot about this month. And so I think it's very important to know what these are because they are in so many of our household products. VOCs are organic chemicals that are used in ingredients in a ton of household products. Um our couches, our carpets, like off-gassing, they, it's an issue because these organic compounds, they vaporize and become a gas. So when people say off-gassing, we're usually referring to the VOCs that are coming off of those beautiful new couches. Yep. Or you've ordered clothes or something yes. and you've gotten it from somewhere and you open it and it's got the really chemical smell, That's mm -hmm. those are VOCs. Yes, paint is also something it can... Mm -hmm be in um, cosmetics, disinfectant products, cleaning products, degreasing products. I mean, so many products Yeah, we can find VOCs in. Like glue? Like yes. if you're a hobbyist and you use glue? Yeah. I mean, and there are some glues that have the warning of you have to wear a respirator when you use this mm -hmm. because it's so, it's so toxic and can cause respiratory issues, which we want to avoid it. Exactly. If possible. If possible. And the there, there's a wide range because there's so many VOCs. There's a wide range of health impacts that can happen for women especially it's been proven that it can cause reproductive harm having babies with higher risk of neurological disorders and de developmental and growth delays as well um, birth defects in general they most of them it's safe to say most of them are endocrine disruptors so even for males not just females we know that that can disrupt our whole endocrine system a lot of them are also carcinogens yeah. So heavy subject, but important to know. And in next episode, we'll talk about how to get rid of them and yeah. what to do if they are in our air. So um, can we talk about the one right before that? Which one? That one. Styrene? Yeah. So styrene, there are different forms of VOCs and a lot of them are plasticizers. Mm -hmm. So the different plasticizers are styrene, xylenes, and benzenes, a lot of your enes. Are, are these plasticizers that are kind of in that family of, of VOCs or volatile organic compounds. And I haven't come across one that has not been labeled as a possible or confirmed endocrine disruptor. Yeah. And that can be, I mean, <laughs> 
you asked me a rabbit hole question. Sorry. That styrenes and xylenes and all these things and, and xylenes, they can be found in so many things. Our Tupperware, our cups, like yeah. our plasticware, right? Our like plastic forks and knives and plates and so many different things. So time to give a shout out to our incredible sponsor for making this episode possible. I'm here with a quick shout out to Throat Calm Tablets by Boron. When my throat starts to feel a little bit scratchy, these tablets are here for relief. They calm minor sore throat pain and hoarseness without all the numbing. And the best part, there's no benzocaine, artificial sweeteners, or flavors. Perfect for those days when you need a little bit of extra TLC for your throat. Head on over to boronusa.com and use the coupon code thediscoverydoc1 for 20% off your next order of throat calm tablets. Also, while you're there, check out Boron's other winter essentials, including Ocelococcinum and Cold Calm. Claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Thanks so much for being part of our journey. And now back to the show. So for right now, yes, it can be found in our air. <laughs> in the form of a VOC. Um, well, it's got to come from somewhere to get in the air. Yeah. So like styrene is styrofoam, mm -hmm. right? So if it's off gas, it's not impossible to, if you have to use it, but don't burn it. Don't put it in the microwave. Right. Right. If you're at a campfire and somebody has styrofoam cups for hot chocolate, mm -hmm. don't go that direction because that's what creates other issues and don't burn it. So yeah. it's that kind of season that everybody's going out and doing, having fires and burning stuff. Just don't throw your styrofoam in there because it's an easy thing to get to a campsite sometimes, but we have these that can hold hot liquids for a long period of time. Yeah. So I was all, that was my question. Cause it, it is the season. It is the season. And you go to any like outdoor market or whatever, who's mm -hmm. serving hot chocolate and it's always in styrofoam. Yeah. Always. So yeah, that's a great point is how it gets there, how it gets into the air. And it is exactly that. It's hot mixed with whatever the product is. And it's it's like a candle. Yeah. You know, whatever the candle's made of is burning into your air. Common sense. No, no. <laughs> um, pesticides is another big one. Uh, we've touched on this quite a bit, but pesticides, obviously so many houses use pesticides or our HOAs spray pesticides. And that makes our way, its way indoors because we have HVAC units, we have mm -hmm. air conditioning, we have things that are pulling air from the outside. You open the door, go outside, close the door. Exactly, or you leave your screen door open. You know, there's so many ways that that can come indoors if we, even if we're not actively putting a pesticide inside our house. So that, I mean, the, the amount that it's been found indoors, I think last time I looked, it was like, there was a 65% increase in the pesticide exposure inside in the last like 30 years than there was previously. Because they're using more outside. Exactly. And they're stronger. Right. Um, the pesticide exposures can cause increased risk of cancer. They are known to kind of disrupt your central nervous system can cause damage to the liver. I like to tell this story. I had a patient, um, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago. And he was like eight, maybe nine years old. And all of a sudden developed ticks, like significant neurological ticks that inhibited his daily life, that forced him out of school. 
where he yeah where it was just they were so physical and verbal as well that he whatever is a whole long thing um not whatever it's important i mean to say like he because part of it it was so absurd like he was taken out of school initially because his teachers were like he's a distraction to other kids and i get that but like that means he doesn't he can't have access to that education like right figure something else out yeah you know what's the neurological disruptor that's the, happening yeah that's what i said the whatever too was because i was getting frustrated in my head just even thinking about that again um but long story short i did this big deep dive into his mitochondrial health and it led me little triggers led me to be like whoa this dude looks like he's being exposed to something and I ran a toxic profile and his pesticide and herbicide exposure was like off the charts. And I was like, okay, family, we need to sit down and figure out where the heck this is coming from. Cause they're like, we don't use pesticides. We don't use herbicides in our house. And it started when he started T-ball. And so every mm. week he was had baseball twice a week and they noticed his ticks. Like once we started making that connection, they were like, whoa, the day he has practice and the day after he has practice, is worse than then the two days following and then it spikes up again because then he goes back to practice huh and that was his only symptom but it was significant were neurological ticks so that's just a little a droplet of just food for thought with which you can go through life and it never impacts you right right? and it never causes any of these things but it's important to know that it can but you're still exposed to them whether you have a neurological or a physical manifestation of it yeah. that it's still but so thinking about all the soccer players that because they're running around on grass yeah, breathing heavy sweating that is yeah pesticides yeah. rolling around on it even the little one like i know okay rabbit hole so again we're going to control what we can and we're not going to keep our kids from playing sports and we're not going to keep them from going to the t-ball field or whatever it is but we need to then do the extra work to protect our home Yes. It's always what I'm going to come back to in this conversation. Um, asbestos. Is that still a thing? It is still a thing. It is still a thing, unfortunately. Um, because, and it, it shouldn't be a thing. It absolutely should not be a thing because it's been phased out since the 1970s. But if we go back and talk about bioaccumulation like we have in the past, yeah. generational. Right. Like we can pass down these toxins from one person's next. Now, I don't think it's as much of a thing in terms of air quality, mm-hmm. in terms of it being a current uh, current issue as it is in terms of passing it through just biologically. But I still think it is important to know that it is a possibility that we're being exposed or some people are being exposed because it depends on your line of work. Yep. There are still people who in their line of work are exposed to asbestos. And I like to put the emphasis on different syllables with asbestos, asbestos, um, who, you know, you still see the commercials of lung cancer, mesothelioma, exactly. Like we all know that because it's still an environmental issue with certain workforces. Um, Also in older homes, furnaces Mm -hmm. can be a big one. Boilers can be a big one. Um, Certain floor tiles can expose us. And soundproofing materials and walls can be a big one. So there are still things that we can be exposed to. Um, I want to talk about even like old ironing board covers can be filled. So the oh, that's another good point. We have notes here, but I'm trying not to. I want to talk about this one because that one's pertinent to today. 
yeah just like if you're a female in the world oh yeah absolutely yeah. so the sorry i got her distracted <laughs> did get me distracted there are other contamination concerns too where it's not just the asbestos in its pure form but contamination concerns especially with something like talc and mm -hmm. talc can be contaminated with asbestos um industrial workers are what we were kind of alluding to earlier that can be more exposed at higher risk in terms of factory workers um and but talc yes. is in your beauty products exactly and so you've heard of being like talc free so there's mm -hmm. cornstarch if you want to use like a baby powder but a baby powder has asbestos yeah fibers in it and you cannot have one without the like talc they come together yeah. all the time so there's no asbestos free talc it's exactly. they're chemical i mean they're compounds they come from the same place yeah. so just be aware that when you're buying your pressed powder compact that it is talc free yes because you're doing that on your brush and then rubbing it all over your face and there's all of that in the air when you put it on your face so yes it may not go through your skin but you're breathing it in when you put it on right and especially your teenage daughters because we are it's been shown that if we're exposed to it at a younger age it'll impact us at a more significant level later in life right. than if we're exposed to it you know just a couple times in our 40s 50s 60s whatever it is right so especially those teenage girls who are buying all their makeup from sephora and whatever and just going crazy talc free talc free 100 yeah and i don't think that i mean you and i grew up in an age that that wasn't it was just in everything it wasn't yeah. You wasn't a thing that you worried about or didn't know like mm -hmm. so yeah go if you need baby powder go cornstarch <laughs> exactly i mean there's been lawsuits yeah against that company for yes because baby they powder being contaminated yeah, with they come asbestos. together you yeah. cannot talc has asbestos fibers you can't you cannot separate you can't separate them, them. Yeah. separate them so exactly fyi another big doozy is lead um you know heavy metals we like to talk about them everyone talks about them but lead can present itself very differently in people and bioaccumulate and so in our air when we ingest it or inhale it it can bioaccumulate so we want to make sure it is free in our air um today you know a lot of people are like well didn't they ban lead in paints in like 1974 so what where are we getting exposed from but it's in our soil it's in our food i mean there's studies that show that it's in baby food mm -hmm. like pureed baby food and so just so many of our products in our electronics you know there's been studies that i've seen with macbooks that i use every single day yep. with the, the, trackpad. the trackpad yes do you have a thing on your trackpad no and i should because i'm have just a thing. letting myself yeah um they, they come with little, they come with covers like you can get yeah. a, a thing they do but it's, it's just to show that like common everyday things that we touch and we come across give us exposure to lead. Mm -hmm. It's not just lead-based paint. There's so many different or things. Or lead pipes. Lead pipes, right, which uh, are drinking water, yep. which we talked about last time. There's occupational exposure. Lead itself, when you, there's, I think there's different kind of exposure levels when it comes to heavy metals. And so that looks differently in people, but if we go down to just the baseline level, lead toxicity is can build up neurologically and cause a lot of symptoms in terms of neurocognitive deficits, developmental, lower IQ, um, even things like psychosis, altered mood, mm -hmm. et cetera. So 
keep that in mind. Also, kids, oh, baby toys, kids' toys, like they're yeah. chewing on these things. So make sure they don't have paint that flakes off. And... Yeah, exactly. Um, other kind of switching gears a little bit, going more towards the household or indoor air pollutants that are not particles. Biological pollutants are the first one. And these are things like mold, bacteria, viruses, fungi, animal dander, you know, dust mites, things like that, cockroach poop, whatever. Yeah. Isn't that such a weird one? It is. No, um, no, because it. It's just gross to think about. Yeah. It's like gross. About and pollen. Cockroach pooping. Yeah. Or cockroaches pooping. They, oh. in general, just freak me out. In Louisiana, they crawl on the walls and they can fly and they're like this big. Yeah. That's okay. They're called palmetto bugs or whatever. Yeah. And we have them in Florida. And these little suckers, they can fit through. They're massive. They're like yeah. this big. And I will never forget, there was one, there was one crawling on our, um, what's it called? Countertop? Yeah. <laughs> crawling on our countertop. I know, I wasn't I'm there. very pregnant, okay? I have baby brain. There was one crawling on our countertop. And I was like, okay, prepared to catch it with like a container that I was going to put yeah, on it. Right so no. I'm watching it. And it goes by our light socket. And it fits through the light socket in the wall. There is no hole there. There's no like gaping, you know, hole. Yeah. It just looks good. It just somehow fits between the outlet and the wall. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where did this thing just go? They're nasty creatures. Anyways, yes. we digress. Yes. So yeah, pollen was the other one there. Um, so how- when you're airing out your house from the inside <laughs> toxins to the outside air, just make sure that you're doing it on a day that there's a lot of, there's a breeze coming through because you do need to air out your house. But don't do it when there's pollen outside because the inside of your house will turn yellow. Yes. Or green. Yeah. Wherever you live. When we moved to Georgia and my car was covered with pollen, I was like, this can't be normal. People don't understand. The world is ending, right? And my mom was like, no, this is normal. Like, it's just pollen season in in Georgia. So if you live somewhere that does not have pollen season, let us know. If you live somewhere with pollen season, like, what's your favorite thing about pollen season? Because you can draw on the back of your car and do. People have favorite things about pollen season. She's trying to make light of pollen season. I don't know. And I just, if, if someone has a positive, yeah. It's like the whole world turns gold. In the most, like, allergy way. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, dust mites. Talk about dust mites. Dust mites thrive in homes that provide food and shelter. They're, you know, they're little species, so they need a good environment in order for them to thrive. The biggest thing is adequate humidity there. So... We talk, and this was interesting because there's different humidity levels for different reasons. So kind of a mold expert would come in and say, hey, we want to keep it under 50%, which mm-hmm. we learned, you know, between 30 and 40% is great. If we're talking about dust mites specifically, then you want it under 70%. So that's a little bit higher, but if you're talking about mold specifically, you want it about 40% or anything under 50% is perfect. Um, the Because dust mites prefer levels of humidity 70 to 80% and then temperature is 75 to 80 degrees. So keeping it cooler. I don't want to um, live in that house. I know. That I know. sounds, sounds like miserable. hot and muggy. Right, but that's where they thrive. So you just want to be under those levels. Um, they love bedding, of course. They spend about a third of their life in, in our mattresses. Gross. I know, I know. And I use mattress, I have to say this, this is so gross. A used mattress can have between 100,000 to 10 million mites in it. So, you know, there's always going to be little critters 
places. But if we can optimize our environment and the humidity and the temperature to lessen that number, I'll take it. Yeah, you can vacuum your mattress. You can vacuum you, your mattress. When you do spring cleaning and yeah. flip your mattress, vacuum your mattress. and um, Carpets are yes. also a huge microhabitat for, for mites and they accumulate because, and they accumulate moisture too. So it's wonderful for mold, which we'll talk about a little bit more. So also vacuuming helps if you do have mm-hmm. carpet, although I would prefer a home without carpet and just area rugs. Yep. Um, That's my house. Yeah, ours too. Pets can be a huge trigger too for some people. And it's not, some people think it's the contact and it's not necessarily always the contact of my hand touching this animal. <laughs> I, just, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> my animal over here. Um, but it's the dead skin flakes. It's the dander. It's the urine. It's the feces. Um, it can be the saliva, but it's kind of the hair when it sheds and what that, the spores mm-hmm. that it gives off. Um, exposure to animals especially more quote high allergen animals to kiddos earlier on will reduce their likelihood of being allergic so don't be fearful if you're having a baby and you have cats or you have dogs you want kiddos exposed to these things Um, it'll decrease the sensitivity later on with our topic on mold mold is hay Oh, mold is hay. Mold, mold is a mold is a doozy. Mold is a topic all on its own. But just know that there are naturally occurring levels of mold that are are very normal, and then there's toxic levels of mold. So we want to be preventative in not getting to the toxic level of mold, and understanding that some baseline of mold will exist. It's just the world around us. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we want to do what we can to minimize our chances of that mold accumulating because it's super opportunistic and then causing health concerns. Um, There are, and speaking of health concerns, there are so many when it comes to mold toxicity and we've touched on this a couple of times, but allergic reactions, immune responses, inappropriate immune responses. um, I mean, (laughs) brain fog, fatigue, joint pain, headaches, insomnia, so many different symptoms that it looks very different in, in all types of patients. Um, when they're inappropriate, do they throw on high heels and short skirt? I hope so. Only if they red high heels. Um, but, and then to break down mold a little further to make sense, mold can come from multiple places. So, and there's three different types, major types. One is allergic molds. So these are on the lower end of kind of our danger scale because these only really cause problems for people who have asthma or who have an allergy to that specific mold. So there can be an environmental mold that's at a very, very low rate, not at a toxic level, but I'm a person who is actually allergic to that mold. That is one way it can impact our health. The second way is that there are pathogenic molds and pathogenic molds cause infection. And so this is a big problem for patients who are immunocompromised that can also cause you to become immunocompromised. Um, a lot of patients can start off with more respiratory issues in, in this sense, and then progress more chronically into some of those other symptoms that we talked about a few seconds ago. The last category are your true toxic molds. And these are our mycotoxins. These are what in my field of practice I test for to see if the body has accumulated these mycotoxins 
because this is where there are significant relationships with immunocompromisation, with cancers, with breaking apart our T cells and our B cells and inhibiting how our natural killer cells respond in situations. Um, and those can be, we can accumulate those through inhalation. Um, water damage buildings are by far the most common. So that obviously impacts in our air and us breathing in those, yeah. those mycotoxins. So if you're just listening and you hear her laugh, cause I'm over here raising yeah. my hand because I've had, <laughs> I've had mold issues and mycoplasma and all kinds of fun stuff, but penicillin is a mold, uh-huh. right? So, so mold can be a very good thing. Yes. Yeah. So we want to harness the power of the good things yes. and not be overexposed to the bad things. Like exactly. black mold is super toxic exactly. on so many levels. Um, but so what are some things that we can do? I mean, we just went over all of the. We went over all the bad stuff. Yeah. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to leave a little cliffhanger. We're going we're gonna to leave a little cliffhanger. And you guys need to stay tuned for part two to listen to what we can do because Anna Kate and I are going to go through all of the details of how to protect your home, how to figure out what's an issue, how to deal with it, how to make it sustainable and maintainable for you and your household. Yep. And so, if you have questions, just drop us a note and let us know. Yeah. Or if you have answers to any of the questions that oh, we yeah. didn't know while we were talking, let yeah. us know that too. Let's, let's discover together. We're, but we're gonna, I didn't do it. No, I want to discover because they're gonna answer our questions. Oh, she did but, not say that without me. But until next time, let's, let's discover, discover together. together. You've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the discovery.podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Discovery Doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind the scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourage listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another.
The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.